Hello everybody and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. We continue to go through our 2022-23 Pittsburgh Penguins player reviews. And as we've mentioned before, we'll be doing two players per episode. And on this episode, let's discuss Danton Heinen, nicknamed the Cockroach by me. And Drew O'Connor, a player that really opened my eyes throughout the majority of the season. We'll get to him in about 10 minutes or so, but let's start with Danton Heinen. This season, he scored eight goals, which was ranked ninth on the Pittsburgh Penguins, 14 assists, which was ranked 13th, and 22 points, which finished 12th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. His underlying stats were towards the bottom half of the Pittsburgh Penguins roster this year, 51% of the shot attempts, which was 15th. 53% of the expected goals, which was also 15th, and 51.7% of the scoring chances, which was good for 14th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was a season that Heinen really got off to a good start. He finished in a pretty good spot, but the middle of his season was, was practically nothing, right? If you look at his highlight moments, they come from the second game of the season, And the second to last game of the season. In the second game of the season against the Tampa Bay Lightning, he had a Harlem Globetrotter-esque goal, right? On the power play, puck is bouncing all over the place, and the only person that seems to have any modicum of control was Danton Heinen. It goes over to Jason Zucker, and then Zucker takes a shot, and it goes crazily right to Danton Heinen, with Brian Elliott sprawling to try to make the save. Heinen buries it, and the Penguins extend their lead. You could say the same thing for his baseball goal in the penultimate game of the season against the Detroit Red Wings, a game in which the Pittsburgh Penguins seemingly put their foot down and said, we are going to make the playoffs. We all know what happened. I guess it wasn't the penultimate game because I completely forgot that that game against the Columbus Blue Jackets existed. So the third to last game of the season is when Heinen scored the baseball goal, and then we all know what happened against Chicago in the next game. But a few highlight moments for a player that, for the most part, was invisible for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. There were a couple different stretches where he was a healthy scratch for Mike Sullivan and the Pittsburgh Penguins. There were a couple different stretches where you thought he was a healthy scratch, but realistically he just got eight minutes of playing time and did absolutely nothing with it. Here's the issue when you look at his season as a whole. He scored three goals and six points in the first five games of the season. It coincides with the hot start for Jeff Carter that we talked about a couple episodes back. It coincides with the hot start for Kasperi Kapanen as well. Heinen then also scored two goals in the last three games of the regular season. So, good start, good finish, but the problem was he scored three goals and 14 points in the other 57 games in between those. He never really found a groove. Part of that could be the players that he was playing alongside. Let's not forget that the Penguins' bottom six, as as a whole, was just not good this year. Right? The amount of different combinations Mike Sullivan had to try to find any sort of success was numerous. And that's going to take effect on everybody playing in that bottom six, including Denton Heinen. 
but I really just didn't see very many signs of life from Heinen. Let's not forget that the year prior to this was Heinen's first in Pittsburgh. He scored 18 goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and there were times where he was in the top six for good reason. Yes, there were injuries that put him there, but he didn't look out of place. He did get a couple of opportunities in the top six this year, but for the most part, the Penguins' top six was healthy, so Heinen's services were not needed in that area. And he just wasn't good enough to figure it out in the bottom six. I personally thought the Penguins got a steal when they got him late in the offseason last year at a $1 million clip. I thought that he was going to sign for $2 million like an Evan Rodriguez did in, in Colorado. Maybe even a little bit more because let's not forget, of those 18 goals he scored last year, 14 or 15, I can't remember which, but either at least 14 of those goals, they came at even strength. And he scored a couple big goals in the playoffs as well to help the Penguins push to seven games against the New York Rangers. Turns out they got exactly what they paid for. A $1 million player that shows flashes of being better, but for the most part just doesn't contribute all that much. I do still believe that he could be really good in the bottom six, but he just has more to give than eight goals, right? Like, this was not the peak Danton Heinen year. And it was a year in which you could have used that from at least one player in the bottom six. So it's not all on him. But he certainly isn't part of the resolution as much as he was part of the problem. With sweeping changes needed in the bottom six, I would imagine... He's somebody that should be allowed to walk. I get he's not going to cost very much money, but how much of this roster are you really willing to, to run it back with? Right? You have to make cuts somewhere. You need to make changes somewhere. You need to get more of what Ryan Paling showed. You need to get more of what Drew O'Connor, who we'll talk about in a minute, showed. That desperation to prove themselves. Danton Heinen it didn't seem like had very much of that desperation this season. He's a good player, but he's not somebody that can take charge of a line and start leading a line when it comes to his, his pace of play. He just isn't. He's a great finisher. He's a solid power play two guy, but is he somebody that's going to go out there and set the tone for the third line? I just don't see it. Combine that with his lack of defensive efficiency, the fact that he can't play on the penalty kill. He's power play two at best. He's never going to be a power play one guy. And that's reason enough to go in a different direction. The Pittsburgh Penguins need new blood in their bottom six. And Danton Heinen might be an unfortunate casualty to that fact. Let's talk about Drew O'Connor. Because O'Connor is a guy in his third season with the Pittsburgh Penguins that came to the Pens basically straight out of college. He made the team a lot quicker than anybody expected, played a handful of games in his first year. I believe he finished with 10. Last season, he came in, a little bit more time under his belt, played about 22 games, and then this season, once again, he doubled that up. So he's playing more and more as time goes on, starting to get his feet wet at the NHL level. This season, he scored five goals, which was good for 14th on the team. Six assists, which was 16th, and 11 points, which was also 
good for 16th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. His underlying numbers, slightly better than Danton Heinen's. 52% of the shot attempts for at 5-on-5, which was top 10 on the Pittsburgh Penguins, exactly 10th. 53.58% of the expected goals for, that was 14th, and 50% of the scoring chances, which was 16th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. His highlight moment was the massive goal he scored against the Tampa Bay Lightning, where he showed, similar to like I talked about Ryan Paling on the last episode, just some of the potential that he has offensively. Is it something we're going to expect from Drew O'Connor, game in and game out, or maybe even a couple times a season? Probably not. Once or twice a year, if he pulls off a play like this, you're going to look at that and say, all right, cool. Insane power move. Gets around the defender in the neutral zone and then just beats Andre Vasilevsky with a backhand shot in the third period of an important game on the road against the Tampa Bay Lightning. At that moment, it was 3-3. to I didn't know who was going to score for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I would not have had Drew O'Connor on my bingo card, especially to score a goal in that manner. So that was his highlight moment in my eyes. It was an important year overall for DOC. It was his first real crack at being an everyday NHLer. He had shown that, hey, I could be an injury replacement. I can handle a quarter of the season on my plate. But this was the first season that he really got consecutive games played enough to be considered an everyday NHLer, especially towards the end of the season when Kapanen was gone, when Brock McGinn was gone, Teddy Bluger was gone, Nick Bonino was injured after being brought in. Drew O'Connor got a lot of playing time towards the latter part of the season this year, and he proved that he belongs at the NHL level, that he fits in, that he can handle playing at this level over an extended period of time, which is massively important for his career trajectory. Like I said earlier, he's doubled his games played in each of the first three seasons. He played in 46 games this year, slightly over half of an NHL season. And he was one of, if not the, I mean, there's an argument to be made. He could have been the best forechecking forward for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. He played with something to prove. I didn't see a whole lot of that up and down the Penguins roster this year. But you saw it with a guy like Drew O'Connor. You saw it with a guy who we'll talk about on our next Penguins player reviews in Josh Archibald. You saw it with Jason Zucker, who looked like he was playing desperate on a contract year, no less. But you didn't see it with very, very many players on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's an issue. Right? We said after so many games. In the last two months of the season, it seemed to be every Tuesday. Uh, The Penguins just didn't show up today. Uh, The Penguins didn't look like they were just ready to play a game that night. That's not good. That's not a sign of a team that's going to be able to fight when things get tight. And we saw what ended up happening at the end of the day. The Chicago Blackhawks, the team that is about to draft Connor Bedard first overall this year, ended the Pittsburgh Penguins' playoff hopes at PPG Paints Arena. One of the worst losses of the Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin era. The Edmonton Oilers one was bad earlier in the season, but that was just simply a better team coming in and destroying the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins 
by all intents and purposes, were the better team going into that penultimate game against the Chicago Blackhawks and had everything to play for. Whereas the Blackhawks had really nothing to play for. Yeah, some of these young players wanted to prove that, hey, keep me around next year. I'm good at the NHL level. Keep me around next year. You know, try to play for a spot. But collectively as a team, they had far less to play for than the Pittsburgh Penguins. And too many times this season, the Penguins lost that battle and showed up not ready to play. One of the players, though, like I said, where this all stems from, that more often than not played with a desperation, played with something to prove, was Drew O'Connor. And that's something that you cannot take for granted when trying to build the bottom six next season. The one thing I will say about O'Connor, I would like to see him work more and get more opportunities on the penalty kill. He was, for the most part this season, fifth, sixth option for penalty kill forward. So he didn't see the ice all that much. He finished the year with just over 25 minutes of shorthanded time on ice. Same thing as Danton Heinen. If you're going to be third line, fourth line winger, you got to start figuring out a way to contribute in ways other than being at five on five. Drew O'Connor has the foot speed, has the physicality, has the forechecking ability. He needs to put it together and become a better penalty killer for Mike Sullivan and the Pittsburgh Penguins. If he can do that, he'll find himself doubling up again. Well, I guess he can't double up again, but he'll find himself at least getting a roster spot for 60 to 70, maybe even 80 games in a season. He's never going to be power play one. He's never going to be top six. Shoot, he might never be a consistent third-line player in this league. But he's a heck of a fourth-line option, and if he can add that penalty-killing specialty, it's going to make him all that more important, all that more valuable to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll see you guys next time.